Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. I guess the first thing I would remind you is, is that tomorrow is July 4th, and so we want to remember those that uh, made the ultimate sacrifice for us and the freedom that we have. But I want to tell you more than anything else that as a follower of Jesus, your Independence Day is found not on July 4th, but it's found on Easter Sunday when Christ rose again and defeated death. That is our Independence Day. And I want to make sure you understand that today's message is about freedom. The question is, is what is the true price of freedom? And yes, it is a parallel between what the people did for us who went before us. But more than that, I want you to understand something. That it's more than that, it's what Christ did for you and I as well. It's what Christ did for you and I as well. Galatians 5.1 says this. It says, so Christ has truly set us free. And this is the part I absolutely love. It says, now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. And so what you often will read into text is is something that I want you to understand. Paul knew that we would have a tendency, even though we were given freedom through Christ, he knew that as a human being, our tendency would be to go back into slavery. It would be to go back into that bondage. Most of the time, it's because that's what we're most comfortable with or that's what we realize. We, don't, we say we're not comfortable with it, but we are comfortable with it because we end up going back into it because that's our comfort zone. I've often told you before that a lot of people live in jail cells where the door is unlocked and all they have to do is walk out. But the reality is, is they stay in those jail cells and they put up curtains and a rug and TV and get cable and internet hooked in and they live there for their whole life. Instead of taking the time and doing the things that God calls them to do, to move past those issues that they have into something that is new and is free. Galatians 5, 13 through 15 says this. It says this, it says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be served up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of of destroying one another. And here's what I want us to get out of this question today. The question, once again, is what is the true price of freedom? And so what I want to do is I want to go through, I want to go through, there's three things that have to exist before freedom can be felt. I want you to get that. There's three things that have to exist before freedom is felt. And I want to go through those things with you today. The first thing that has to be present in order for you to be free in your life is obedience. P. 
period. Obedience has to be present in order for you to be free in your life. Let's take a look at, uh, if you got your hand still on uh, Galatians 5, right there, 16 and 17. <clears throat> Here's what it says. So I say, <clears throat> let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting one another. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. You're not free to carry those things out. Well, what is that saying? That's saying this, you have to choose to be obedient to what the spirit says. If you're not obedient. And let me, let me explain this to you. Whenever I say the spirit, I mean, I mean, that which when you read a text of the scripture and you begin to feel that talk with inside of you, deep down inside of you. Here's how I always know that it's Holy Spirit talking, <clears throat> because I would probably do the opposite. Are you with me? Most of the time, my sinful nature would do the opposite of what Holy Spirit would do. And so most of the time when I know, when I, when I, when I hear someone say something, when I read the text of the scripture, when I'm praying... And I get this feeling down inside of me. I'm like, man, I know that's Holy Spirit talking to me. But the thing is, is Holy Spirit can talk to you and talk to you and talk to you. But you have to listen and you have to be obedient to that which he says. See, a lot of people want freedom without obedience. We do. We want freedom <clears throat> without obedience. Listen, when you go into the military, how many people are in the military have been in the military? Yeah, let's give them a hand. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> Most people who, when they go into the military, they go to this thing called boot camp. All right. And what boot camp does, it's designed to break you down and then to build you back up and to build you back up into obedience. It's supposed to make you someone that is an obedient to the cause of that which you are called to do. It, it is meant to help you be obedient and be submissive to the authority that has been put over you. And you learn that because when you come in, a lot of people don't want to do that. And that takes some time. And what I want you to see is, is when you give your life over to Christ, you have to do the same thing. You have to be obedient to his will in his plan. And without that, you can say you're a follower of Jesus all you want to. And you can say that you come to church every Sunday. But until you submit your life to his plan, until you do that, then you are not living in freedom. And the sad thing is, is there's a lot of people there's a lot of people who have who have come down front to a church and said they want to get saved. And while they may have salvation in heaven, they're citizens of heaven from that point. They never take the time to submit to Christ under his authority and headship. And they never experience the freedom in Christ that Paul talks about here. They never get past. Here, here's the kind of people I'm talking about. 
they continue to be the same old person that they always were. And I always used to tell teenagers this. I always used to say, listen, I want to tell you something. If you have never seen a change, if you're the same person you were two years ago before you got saved at camp or, or on a Sunday night or Wednesday night or whatever, if you're the same person, then you need to check yourself. Because God's a God on the move. And he wants to help. He wants to provide sanctification for you. That's the point between when you get saved and when you go home to heaven. And if you're not obedient, if you don't put yourself under that authority of Christ, then you don't experience freedom. What does that mean and what does that look like as far as a follower? Let me tell you what it looks like. The first thing it looks like is doing what he says to do. Doing what he says to do. I want you to understand something. Partial obedience is no obedience. Partial obedience is no obedience. It's interesting because as a parent, I've had some situations. I know you guys would be shocked by this, but my two children were not perfect. It shocked me too. It really did. I thought, man, I don't know what DNA Wendy put in these kids, but I'm telling you, it was, it was not mine. Listen, I've had to tell my kids before, yes, you did this some, but it was only partial. And you were being disobedient to mom and dad because you only did it partial. And deep down in their hearts, they already knew that that was the case. Partial obedience, guys, when it relates to our relationship with Christ, partial obedience shows that you do not fully trust Christ. You don't fully trust Christ. That's what partial obedience shows. So obedience for a follower says we do what he says we should do. The second one is we do it how he says we should do it. So we do what he says to do and we do it the way that he says to do it. I think about Nahum when Elijah was going to going to heal him. He had leprosy all over him and he was this powerful, rich, wealthy man. And he came and the prophet didn't even come outside. I don't know why, but I always have, have the prophet in a trailer. I don't know why it's like, this, it's, a, it's in the desert and it's dusty trailer. I don't know why. And he's like, no, nah, send him out. And so the guy comes out on the front porch and comes out and says, Hey, he says, go wash yourself seven times. And it ticked him off. He was like, wait a minute. I, I'm somebody here. Yeah, I've got leprosy, but I'm somebody here. Doesn't he know who I am? I thought he would come out and I thought he would, you know, pro proclaim something. And I thought he would do it all this way. And he wouldn't go and be healed until one of his helpers said, hey, listen, man, if he asked you to do an easy thing, you'd have done it. I mean, if he asked you to do a difficult thing, you'd have done it. But he's asking you to do something easy. And the text says that when he listened and obeyed on the seventh time, when he came up out of the water, he was healed. But it wasn't until the seventh time. I think about the think about how weird it had to be. Now, remember, Jericho. Think about this. And people don't always know this. Jericho was a military outpost for 
It was a military outpost for those that were camped in the land. So when they crossed over and they started marching around Jericho, it is a military base, basically. Just a hint, anytime you see that God destroyed everything, nine times out of ten, I think almost every time, it is a military post. AI was another military post. And so Jericho was a military post and they're marching around. Marching around. You know on day four some of those guys were like, what are we doing here? What is going on? And day five and day six. But when they were obedient, God provided the freedom that they so wanted. But you have to not only do what he says, you have to do it how he says to do it. And the third one, and this is very, very important to us. When he says to do it. When he says to do it. I think about Jonah and him, him saying, hey, you need to go to Nineveh. And Jonah couldn't stand the people in Nineveh. Like, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm not going to Nineveh. And so you know what Jonah did? He went the opposite way of Nineveh. And he ended up in whale puke. You know? He ended up in whale puke. And, and finally, he did what God said he was to do. When he said he was to do it. Oftentimes we want to say, ah, you know, maybe later, maybe ah, I'll do it sometime. Oh, you know, I really need to do it. Oh, I need to do. The truth of the matter is, you guys, if you don't do what God says to do, how he says to do it, and when he says to do it, you will not be free. Because all of that is partial obedience. And what God's looking for is full obedience. Here's the next thing. And this is one that you guys will all grab onto because it's something that should be on the list. And it's this, it's sacrifice. It's sacrifice. Without obedience, there is no freedom. And without sacrifice, there is no freedom. Without sacrifice. I want to ask you to do something real quick. I want to ask you to take a second and realize that the fact that you're sitting here today means that someone somewhere made a sacrifice. I want you to think about that for a second. The fact that you're here with us today, <clears throat> the fact that you're right here right now, someone somewhere made a sacrifice so that you could be here. My mom and dad made a sacrifice in order to me to be born, in order to me to be fed, in order to me to be clothed, etc., etc. Someone, somewhere, made a sacrifice. And here's the crazy part. And here's the greater part. And this is what we remember tomorrow. That someone who you do not know sacrificed their son or their daughter to fight a war, to give themselves over, to go to the front line, and to stand between you and an enemy. So that you could stand here today and so that I could stand here today and preach from this Bible in this area, in this setting, without having 
to fear that we were going to be thrown in jail and our freedom was going to be taken away. Someone somewhere sacrificed so that you could be here. And that's because freedom requires sacrifice. Here's the truth of the matter. Jesus Christ made a sacrifice for you and for me so that we could be free and so that we could be free from what? From the sin is what is what is what Galatians says, what Paul says, from the sin that so has entangled us. Jesus paid the full price for us. But there came a cost for that and the sacrifice for that. And Jesus made the sacrifice for us to be free. Just like those, those young men and women have made the sacrifice for us to be free in this country. Jesus made the sacrifice for us to be free. And a lot of us have forgotten that. We've forgotten it in America and we've also forgotten it in our faith. We've forgotten the sacrifice that it took for us to be free from this connection and this draw and this pull of sin. But here's the thing I don't want you to forget. Just like I told you that you have to have be fully obedient, I want you to understand something. You also, you also may need to sacrifice some things. What may you need to sacrifice? I don't know. Well, let me tell you what I think you may need to sacrifice. Some of you guys may need to sacrifice some friends. You may need to. To walk in freedom, you may need to sacrifice some friends. To walk in freedom, you may need to sacrifice some friends. You may need to get some new friends in order to go to the next level in your walk with Christ and to experience the freedom that he has for you. Some of you guys may need to stop going to some places. You may need to stop going to certain places. There may be places that you go to that just drag you down and do nothing of benefit to you. And you may like going there, but you may need to stop going to some of those places. Some of you guys may need to develop a different lifestyle. Maybe you've gotten into a lifestyle of sin or of, or of, or of doing things that you know is against God's will. You may need to develop a new lifestyle. Some of you guys may need to say no to certain things. No one likes to say no to people and no one likes to say no to things. But listen, if you have gotten yourself in a situation where you're constantly saying yes, 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 yes to everybody else and you end up saying no, no, no to God. Listen, you need to recheck yourself and you need to reassess where you are. You also have to make sacrifices. Romans 12.1 says this, and I think we have this up here. Romans 12.1 says, and so this is one of my favorite verses. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And can you leave that up there? Just leave that verse up there for me because I want to go back to it. Freedom requires sacrifice. Freedom requires obedience. But there's one other thing that freedom requires. And, I, and it's, it's brought up in this verse, but I want you to see it. And I hate that this is the case. I wish this wasn't the case. But in God's economy, 
Freedom requires death. Freedom requires death. I was, I was uh, one of the most amazing experiences that I've had um, was I got to go to, uh, I got to go with, with, with Wendy and Blake. Uh, we took a trip up to Washington, D.C., and, and if you haven't been to Washington, D.C., uh, I would go if I were you. It's really a cool place to visit. But one of the most um, amazing, awe-inspiring things that I've ever, and, and solemn things that I've been to, is I went to Arlington Cemetery. And Arlington Cemetery was an amazing, humbling, uh, to see those white tombs, you know, to, uh, grave markers, all over hill after hill after hill after hill after hill after hill constantly. And then we got to go up and we got to see the tomb of the unknown soldier. And we got to see the reverence and the respect that was paid to, to those tombs and really to the whole area in Arlington Cemetery. It was a, it was a powerful reminder that freedom requires death. It does. And I kept this verse up here because I want you to understand something. Those that are buried in Arlington Cemetery have given their life to finality. But that's not how it works with you and I and our relationship with Christ. Because you see, freedom for us required that Christ die for us in our place. That's what it cost. It cost Christ his life so that we could be free. Just like it cost those young men and women in Arlington, their life, so that we could be free. But here's the crazy part. What God calls us to do is found in 12.1. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done. Let them be, and here you are, living and holy sacrifices. What does that mean for you and I? Here's what it means for you and I. It means that we are a living sacrifice. And so what that would mean is that, is that whenever the, 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 the priest would make a sacrifice, they would have an animal sacrifice on the altar. And when they made the sacrifice, they would literally kill the animals. And so the animals would be dead and could not get up off the altar. They'd be dead. The thing about the sacrifice that we have to make is that it's a living sacrifice. That means, and I want you to get this, that means that we have to decide for ourselves that we are going to stay on the altar instead of getting up and doing our own thing. We are going to stay submitted to Christ. See, the problem with our sacrifices is it's a living sacrifice. And God asks us, will you this morning, will you today decide with your own self to die to yourself and to stay on the altar and submit, be obedient, and sacrifice and die to yourself to experience the freedom that Christ has for you? Are you with me? It is a living, listen guys, it is a living sacrifice. Maybe that explains why you guys struggle so much. Because you give something up and you lay on the altar 
And then when things get hard or you want to do your own thing, you get up off and go do your own thing. But you always have to come back because if you're going to experience freedom, you have to experience death. Jesus experienced death so that we could be free. Romans 5.8 says this. Romans 5.8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Hebrews 9.12 says this. It says, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, not the blood of goats and calves that I just talked about that were on the altar, not that blood. He entered the most holy place once and for all and secured our redemption. He secured our freedom once and for all. Philippians 2, 6 through 8 says, Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. He wasn't puffy in his head. He didn't think, oh, I can do this. Instead, and by the way, can you go back to verse 6? The enemy, the enemy, Satan, that verse describes him. It describes him. The second part, he did not think of equality with God, something he could cling to. See, the enemy thought that he could be like God. And that was the whole lie in the garden. But though Jesus was God, he didn't think that. And then verse 7. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. And then we go on. He humbled himself in what? Obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. All so that you could be free. Freedom requires death. Mark 10, 45 says this. It says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others. And here it is. And to give his life for a ransom in place of many. He did that. He gave his life for a ransom. Our freedom was bought by the blood of Jesus. So what's our response? Well, I've already told you, we got to die to ourselves. Galatians 2.20 says this. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. Your old self has been laid on the altar. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, this earthly body that's going to pass away, by the way. I live in this earthly body. How? By trusting in the Son of God and being obedient and being sacrificial, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Luke 9, 23 says this. It says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my follower, and here's the part you have to do on a daily basis. If any of you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross. What? What? Daily. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And finally, Colossians 3, 3 says this. It says, for you died to this life and your real life, which is free, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. We are free because of the obedience that Christ gave, the sacrifice that Christ gave, 
and the death that he gave. And our response is to be obedient to Christ, to be sacrificial to Christ, and to die to ourselves, to be in Christ and to walk in Christ. And that's how you walk free today. And that, listen, that is the true price of freedom. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you so much that you've given us the ability to be free. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for the people on the video, for those that show us that freedom isn't free. And Lord, even today, as we remember the sacrifices that those who have made before us, God, we think of a greater sacrifice that you made for us. Your word says that you love the whole world enough that you gave your son so that you, he would sacrifice and, and die in our place. And so God, today and tomorrow, we do celebrate freedom. Not only freedom that's found in America, but more importantly, freedom that's found in you. Lord, let us be people that are obedient. Let us be people that are sacrificial. And let us be people that will die to ourselves and that will walk in Christ as Holy Spirit leads. God, that's my prayer for the church. It's my prayer for our community. It's my prayer for our country. And that's the prayer for the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and have a final worship song. If you would like to come to the altar, I'd love to pray for you. I don't know what people have on their hearts. I don't know what, what you're carrying with today. I want to tell you this, though. If you carried a burden in today, don't leave out with that burden. Listen, I've told you before, you come up and leave that burden up here on the altar, and we'll take that burden and we'll throw it in the trash, and it'll be gone forever. You leave that burden with us. You leave that burden up here and let Christ handle that. And you get up and you walk in freedom. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter the mistakes you've made. You have the ability right now today to walk in freedom. Embrace that and don't walk out of here with the same. I always tell people, don't leave here the same way you came in. Leave being changed from the inside out. Let's worship you guys and sing. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.